Hey everyone, welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. That was really upbeat and happy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh God. Well, it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks. I know. I don't even, I didn't even do the intro last week because, oh, I don't know. I didn't even listen to it. The intro you recorded. I don't know if you said, so my grandma passed away. Mm, no, um, I didn't. I just said that you were, you were out for the week. Yeah. Um, so my grandma passed away Monday night. I won't get into the details, but I was with my dad and my family last week, just having family time. Um, so that's where I was. So I'm coming out of that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's been crazy. I had COVID was pretty sick for a while with COVID and then Gavin was sick and then my grandma was sick and then she passed and I'm just like, what day is it? Right. Uh, You've got your own stuff. You're doing a cleanse. So let's (laughs) talk about that. Oh man. So if everybody's listening has been following this lovely story of ours, um, I uh, got sick in Vegas and I had food poisoning. Um, But ever since I've gotten back, I haven't been normal. And if it's TMI, it's just not normal. Like food was upsetting me. So I had to go for a bunch of gut tests. Um, and they found a candida infection. So in order to clear it up, I have to do a three day gut reset where I'm just, the only thing I'm drinking is water and bone broth and I'm finishing day two, right? Yes. Going strong. One more day. And I haven't, I, 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 well, I've had lettuce because I can have, <laughs> you have a small salad. So I had lettuce for lunch yesterday today. Cause I'm like, what, what consists of a small salad? Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to throw lettuce in here with some oil and vinegar and call it oh a day. God. So that's like the only food I've had for the past two days. And I'm exhausted. Like, it's really weird. I have energy. Like my body has energy, but like, I feel foggy, but I think it's also because I'm putting my body in ketosis. And one of the things that happens when you go in ketosis, you get, they call it like the keto flu. You oh, get like yeah. all of these, like, so, so I'm exhausted. So yeah. Jeez. And on top of that, cause we just need, we have so much to add to this. So for those that are following us, we did have one episode that we were going to do this week, but just like yes. when one thing falls, the whole castle falls, I guess. And yeah, we, we were uh, supposed to have Marissa. Yep. And we lost the audio um, and we reached out to Marissa. She was very understanding. So thank you for those who want to check her out. Uh, just a brief, you know, background of her. Uh, she was in a uh, abusive relationship, I think is the best way to categorize it. Not physically, Not physically. Yeah. but verbal. And she gave up a lot of things in her life to please her, you know, husband at the time. Um, and then she decided one day to just pick up and leave. So she tells us her story. She has her own podcast, although she did mention she hasn't been doing much with it lately, but if you want to find out more about her story and what she's doing, you can find her podcasts, um, on Spotify. It's called bold ish. Um, you can also find it on Instagram under the same name. And I believe her handle is Marissa Seaboyd. Um, link her in the show notes. Yeah. We'll link um, her. when I do them for this week's episode. But yeah, she has, she has a great story, uh, something worth yeah. listening to. And I'm so sorry that we don't have it. Uh, I mean, so I can't even anyway, yeah. somehow we lucked out that we, we did an interview tonight, um, yes. that we weren't going to release until after our mini summer series, which we haven't even talked about, Yay. but we'll fill you in on that next week. Um, but so we, we just interviewed, holy crap, Chelsea, Chelsea has such an incredible story. Um, I don't even have the words I feel like to put it. I mean, it's more, it's an incredible story, but she was glowing. Like as she was saying for everything that she went through, her smile was radiant. She was able to laugh about it. Like I admire, like that to me was like very, I was happy to see it. She said, right. I've done the work. I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, she has an incredible story. She has, um, two miscarriages and a topic pregnancy and IVF journey. And actually our conversation was so long. Um, we are going to do a two-parter for you. So we're going to do the first part of her journey, um, this week that leads up into her fertility journey. Um, and then next week we'll share the rest of her story. Um, I mean, I could have sat there and talked to her forever. I mean, we lost track of time. Like it just two hours. Two hours. And then not even just her telling the stories, but like the way that she told it was very much, I felt like we were sitting down 
at, at a table, just having a conversation about like what, and we were able to like throw in different parts of us too. Like, well, we were sitting around a table having a conversation. (laughs) We got to do this one in person, which made it, I just love that. It made it even better. I know it's so much more personable when you're with a person. Of course, we love having the Zoom ones, but I loved how she was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do Zoom. I'm going to drive and I'm going to come to Austin. I was like, oh, yay. (laughs) She came from Houston to sit down with us tonight. And I'm so grateful that she did. Um, A lot of what she said resonated, obviously, in my my own personal journey. But she relates to you, right? She had endometriosis. She has endometriosis as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just feel like for both of us, it was it was very interesting to have somebody else kind of go through something that we've both been through right? Um, in one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you did. You told her at the end that she was glowing and she was, she was so like, and you wouldn't put like somebody's infertility journey and in, in like happiness kind of in the same thing, but she, she said it great. She's like, she's finally in a place where she can have those conversations. Right. Because she was, mm-hmm. you know, she was in this avoidance period or I love how she said she's like I was in survivor mode where I was just yeah. you know I I was ignoring things just trying to make make do of what it was and and really trying to help myself get this you know get a baby it's what I wanted and then for her to come back I loved how she one thing she says in the episode she's like one of the things that I had to face was is it about the pregnancy or is it about the child and that's something that I never really thought about it too when she said it, I was like huh yeah, because you know, essentially she she's told recently, without giving too much of her story away, that she may need a surrogate. Right. And so, so yeah, the, the therapist said to, to her, do you want to be like pregnant? Do you is it the pregnancy you're craving or is it the baby after that you're craving? And she said both. Well, which is fair. For, if, I get that. Yeah, it's fair. And for me, it was. Well, and that got on the subject of like, well, if you really wanted to have kids, you would, you would figure out a way to do it. And then I was like, huh. So was it for me the same thing? It's just these, this life experience that I'm not going to get to have. So is it, was it for me more about being pregnant and not necessarily the, the child part of it? Right. So it was interesting. It was kind of eye-opening little things, you know, that came it up. Was, it was a beautiful conversation. And I think the way she talks about it Um, And the way she's able to move forward is just, it it shows incredible strength that she has. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I mean, she, her smile and her glow, like she, she just, she's at peace with everything she's been through and everything she's going to continue to go through. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. And I'm going to continue or I'm going to start adding her to like my prayers, my vibes, my thoughts. Yes. Um, and so we're going to have to have her back on then because this is a two-parter mm-hmm. because her story is so long. It spans six years, but she's been through so much in those six years, but her story's not done yet. Right. No, so she, it's not. she's taking time to heal through what she's been through, but she's still like, do I want to continue this journey towards a baby or what does that look like for me? So I feel like we'll have to actually have her back. So initially her episode was going to air at after summer because we're going to do mm-hmm. this mini series that we'll talk about next week. But I feel like now we can end with her story. Yeah. And I feel like we should pick back up with it after the summer to see. What I think happens. that'd be great to see what happens. Um, I do have to highlight, don't come at me if it just cuts off. Because <laughs> we, 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 oh, we split up. We split the episode. I we was split like, the episode. Don't come at me. <laughs> <laughs> the people who be listening go like, wait, what happened? I'm so we sorry. Briefly, abruptly ended it. It wasn't yeah. even a brief end. It was an abrupt end. Yeah. To transition. Well, to transition into next. It's maybe, hopefully it won't be that abrupt, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> I know people are going to not like me that day. You, you have full permission to. Tomorrow. It launches tomorrow. Yes. You have full um, permission to come at me tomorrow. <laughs> we will. So yeah, we didn't, if you have been following us on social media, you'll notice we have a very strict um, Instagram schedule that we do. We do the apology on Monday. Then I post my takeaway or my thoughts on Tuesday. Wednesday is the clip or is the launch of the episode. And then Thursday is Nikki's takeaway. And then Friday is like a fun Friday, whatever. Well, obviously because Marissa lost our audio. (laughs) Um, So we're going to actually go back and delete Monday and Tuesday from this week. So you'll just see the post for this week, but next week on Monday, we'll do her apology 
Tuesday takeaway, Wednesday, we'll do the, the second part of her episode and then Nikki will go on Thursday. And then we will have our mini series for the summer. We're going to, know we keep talking about next it, but week. Not, yeah. We're going to tease you a little Stay bit tuned but... for that. Cause I'm so excited. I think it's going to be so fun. I know. I'm um, excited. Um, but yeah, I will link up in the show notes, Chelsea's information. She has an Etsy store, her Instagram handle, and then, um, let us know what you think. Yeah. And as always, please, 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 if you like us, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, <laughs> you can also send us an email at hello, uh, unlikely to apologize. Com. Yay. <laughs> And then on our Instagram, you can slide into our DMs, uh, leave us comments. Um, I'm going to try my best to be a little bit more. We need to be a little bit more engaged. So we're going to, you hopefully you'll see more of us. Um, this summer, can, that's the plan. Yes. And you can find us on uh, at unlikely to apologize podcast on Instagram. Yes. Also, if you know anybody that would like to share their story, um, feel free to reach out to us. Yes. Also details for our first ever live event coming soon. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've got a lot. We're going to have merch soon. I know we're moving. We're doing oh. oh, and this is our 20th episode. This is yes. week 20. So lots of good oh. things to celebrate. I'm yeah, surprised. Have- I'm surprised. I'm we not in celebration cons- mode. <laughs> 20 consistent episodes. Um, yeah, we're almost at a thousand downloads on iTunes. So we'll have something fun for that too. I know Maybe you promised me. You promised me something fun. So champagne and a giveaway. Champagne and a giveaway. So, well, we hope you like this week's episode and we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Bye everyone. Good day. Bye. Hey Chelsea. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I, um, really appreciate you reaching out to me and, uh, asking me to share my story. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, why don't we get started with a little bit about yourself and what you do and what you've done. Yeah, tell sure. us who you are. Yeah, I don't know you, <laughs> you know, but I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, work-wise, I'm in marketing. I'm also an entrepreneur. I have a few businesses, um, an Etsy shop, and then my husband and I have a construction company. So I run the business side of those. Um, so I really enjoy it. It's a lot of work. Um, my free time, I love traveling, hiking. My big thing is trying to go to all the national parks. We just started doing Yeah. That. Oh, I have... This is a side note, but (laughs) (laughs) there is like a cool scratch off national park thing um, that like each one you visit and it's like a thing you can hang out with. It's pretty cool. I'll send you the link. Oh Um, yeah, send me the link. Yeah. We just started doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool to like track that. But um, anyway, so I like to hike and um, garden. I have two dogs that I'm obsessed with and um, yeah, spending time with friends and family kind of thing. So Typical, normal 30-year-old, um, do not have any children, but again, I have my two fur babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's, let's, so a couple of reasons, one of the reasons, actually multiple reasons on why I actually be on here is you and I have talked in the past. I actually know Chelsea because I'm very good friends with your brother. He's like yeah. one of our best, one of our best friends, me and my husband. Um, but you and I have talked in the past about different things. We both had endometriosis. You had celiac or still have celiac. Yes. I have celiac. Um, and then I know you were, you know, going through some um, infertility issues as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So high level, I was diagnosed with endometriosis at uh, 15 um, and then celiac at 16. And then um, I've been, I've had three miscarriages. One was the topic. And then I've also had uh, gone through IVF and did five cycles. One, two got canceled. So three IVF cycles, um, whole ones Mm -hmm. did not result in pregnancy. So I've had tons of pokes and prods and surgeries and all sorts of things to where I am today. So, so we know what endometriosis is because we did Nikki's story, Yes, but I don't know what celiac is. Can you tell us what that is? Yeah. So celiac is a autoimmune disorder that, um, you cannot have wheat, barley, or rye, any gluten. Um, so what it does is it kills the villa in your intestine. So you can't absorb nutrients. So one of the indications that I had it is I had a panel done of all my vitamins and minerals and I was deficient and like, I think it was like 24 out of the 28, but they like severely deficient. Wow. So I just was not getting nutrients, um, for, and they think I probably had celiac my whole life, 
Um, it's not something, they don't really know a lot about it. Okay. Um, at the time I was diagnosed, they didn't even have a test for it. Um, they just said that I had the markers and then that was kind of the only thing. I was sick a lot. Mm -hmm. um, once I hit puberty in my life, my health just kind of spiraled <laughs> negatively. Um, and so with ovarian cysts and endometriosis and then celiac. So um, I didn't go gluten-free officially like fully until I was 23, okay. um, which really helped with my endometriosis. I actually foolishly thought that my endometriosis, endometriosis went away because I had less and less symptoms. Um, I wasn't having like debilitating cramps, things like that. And so I thought it was all gone, but mm -hmm. in December, I found out I had a surgery, a laparoscopy and then a histoscopy, and, uh, it's very much there. Right. <laughs> this past December, like yes. 2021. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually, when I started with my first fertility clinic, they were testing out a blood test mm -hmm. to see if they can do a blood test to see if you have endometriosis. Um, I had the highest score that they ever had record of. Oh, they Whoa. don't know what that means though. So it doesn't, it doesn't maybe necessarily mean it's like a stage four. Or a, it's four stages. I was going to ask yeah. when you had surgeries in the past, did they ever give you a stage? They never did. Okay. No, you were probably early on. So you said 14, I was 15 when 15. I had my first surgery. Yeah. Okay. Which what's interesting on that is I had it, like, it looked like endometriosis, but when they tested it, it came back negative. But my doctor, when they tested what, because like the tissue, the tissue, oh, the tissue. Yeah, like yeah. little lesion that they like laser off. That's what, yeah. what, what I did oh. when I was 20. It's yeah. funny that you said the blood test, because one of the questions she had asked me was, can they test it any other way throughout surgery? I go at the time there was no way yeah. the only way to do it is surgery. So the blood test I've read about, but they don't really, they don't know what it means. They don't know what it means, but they're like, you scored the highest. I'm like, as an overachiever, <laughs> of course I did. It's like, whatever that just means. You, like, you scored the highest, but we don't know what that means. Yeah. It's a study. It was just like, do you yeah, want to be a part of this study? Cause they're trying to figure okay. out yeah. the, the other studies that they've done is like, um, they try to do it with, uh, CAT scans or, um, MRIs. Interesting. I, okay. I read stories on that because you supposedly with our technology changing, you should be able to see it more. Cause that was always my question when I was right. younger was, you know, why can't they see it? Like even when they did the uh, intravaginal ultrasound, the things that they can see, and and they mean, can't yeah. see that. Yeah. It's so interesting that they it's so can. weird. It's weird. And so I thought too, like, oh, I'm going gluten-free. And there was a study that came out that there is a tie between gluten intolerance and endometriosis. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is healing myself. Like, a, you know, I'm getting rid of it. When I had my atopic pregnancy, when I had surgery for that, um, she just saw scarring. She didn't see anything on my uterus. Well, in December, everything was in my back. Um, and everything, it wasn't even mm -hmm. near. There were some small things with, cause I used to have, I, I used to, I guess, since December, my period cramps were mostly in my back and they were so painful. And so now it's gone. So, um, definitely still have it. <laughs> and it's so funny to hear you talk because it's like, I'm going over here going like, this is literally me because yeah. we just talked about say, yeah, everything that I went through. Mine was yeah. in my back and my hips. And yeah. I read going keto would help me. And I, it did help me you know, not substantially, but enough that it was maintainable. But then after a while, it just, yeah. it just took over everything. Yeah, it was crazy. And so one of the things too, I was, I guess, fortunate, but it's terrible for my mom. My mom has endometriosis. So I started going to OBGYN in seventh grade because my second period and third period of my life, I had ovarian cysts that popped. And so I got put on birth control very young. See, that was me too. I had yeah. ovarian cysts. So I was on birth control by the time I was 15. Yeah. So I was like 13. Oh my God. I only I had I like 16 or 17 before me and my husband decided to start trying to have kids. I only had three natural cycles, which is insane when you think about that and just we, like the ramifications. Right. And we've been so vocal about, well, maybe we haven't really gotten so much into it, but our personal conversations talk about like the things that I've learned, especially when I started my endometriosis journey. One of the biggest things was I was taking this pill that was supposed to control it. It did, right. It stopped it stopped your cycle. Well, it didn't stop your cycle. You're still having the cycle, but those sugar pills that force you to have a period is not. Yeah. A it's just, period. it's just a bleed. It's but they just don't tell bleed. you that. No. no, it's not something that you're told. You're told you'll stop taking this pill. You'll start taking this pill mm -hmm. and you'll get your period. Right. I yeah, used to like, and I used to mess around with it when I was a teenager because I'd be like, I don't want my period. So I'm just going to start the next yeah. one. I thought I would do that too. <laughs> so what's so crazy is when I was in college, my cramps were, I mean, they were so bad. You, I don't know if they still sell those anymore. I'm sure they do, but the only, I would miss school. 
I would too. Um, mm -hmm. They were so bad. But I would, um, if it, they came out with those heat packs that like stick to your underwear, yep. those were my saving grace. That was the only reason why I could really get out of bed. I was in mm -hmm. so much pain. Um, the cysts, I haven't had issues with since I was young. So that's kind of odd. But um, in college, I started because the cramps were so bad, we would go three months and I wouldn't have a period for three months. And then I actually got on injectable birth control and I wouldn't have a period for a year. Wow. And so, um, the thought on that was to just stop the growth. Right. right? And that's because exactly what they did with me with the IUD. Let's stop you from having a natural period. You don't shed your lining. Yes. But I think that was what one of the main roots is because you're not shedding that line. I mean, you're, I just, you're, it's not normal. Right. Like your body is supposed to be having these cycles and it's just my, I mean, majority of my life, I hadn't had it. So, mm -hmm. um, but when I got off birth control, that was really interesting because I feel like I didn't realize how much the hormones had been influencing kind of my life. Like I felt like I was a lot nicer <laughs> <laughs> on the pill, right? Like, no, yeah, off, off the of, pill. Off of it. Yes. I was well, like less like quick to be angry and just like, I, I don't know. Right. It was it's so fun. interesting. Yeah. Really? I, in this whole fertility journey, I've been on it and off for certain things briefly. And every time I'm on it, I, I'm like, so racial, right. like angry, so quick to be angry. Right. We <laughs> did. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, when we did IVF in 2020, when they put me on birth control, um, I just cried at everything. So like yeah. there was one day my husband called me and he's like, let's go to dinner. And I just cried. Yeah. So I was like, you want to take me to dinner? Like, <laughs> so I didn't get angry. I got, really you were emotional. I was so sensitive. Very emotional. Yeah. I was, I would be crazy. So in my story, I talked, I went on seven different ones in like yeah. a year and a half. And I just, my favorite story to tell, and I tell it all the time is the day that John like grabbed my hand and was like, you're acting crazy. You need to change your pill because we fought over who's driving to the mall. Like right. who has that fight? Like, right. That's not even like <laughs> rational thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just felt so much better off of it. And I've been on it, you know, since seventh grade. So it was a long time. Right. Um, so I definitely hate, and it makes me have migraines like week three. I have migraines like constantly. It's always week three. So I have a question then, if you found out in December, then you, you still have endometriosis. Did you say that you had another surgery then back in December? Yes. So I have, so back in 2019, um, I had my third miscarriage in January of 2019. Um, we had just moved back to Houston and, and we can get into those stories too, because I think there's some, um, knowledge there and wisdom that I've gained through that process. But so um, once I had a, I had a, a miscarriage, I found out I had, it was another miss, 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 miscarriage. And, um, when I had the DNC in February, by the time my hormones got regulated, all that stuff, I went to my OBGYN and she's like, you're clear to start trying again. And I was like, this is my third miscarriage. And we have no idea why I was not very excited about starting, but I'm like, she's the doctor kind of thing. Right. And right. so my mother-in-law was very uh pushing me to go see a fertility doctor and i thought why not right and i'm really glad i did um because also fertility doctors some of them some of the clinics at least in houston you have to have three miscarriages or you have to meet these certain parameters or they won't see you oh, and wow. technically a topic pregnancy is not considered a miscarriage because it was never a viable pregnancy right. so i only had two miscarriages and a topic, which that always makes me so mad because it just seems like it devalues like the trauma you go. Oh through. God, I that that situation for when I had to go through it, like it's, it's it's like it, your mind just because you know that it's it's all there, it's supposed to be there, yeah. it's there, but yeah, it didn't naturally like. It's such a mind. Fuck. Yeah, like, it's a it's thank you. Really it's a mind is. fuck. That's a, yeah. that's the best way to explain it. Like it fucks with you so bad. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm upset about the fact that you have to have three miscarriages to see a fertility doctor. Well, so it's up to them. So they, I had to like, basically I called and I was like, Hey, I've had two miscarriages and an atopic pregnancy, which I lost my fallopian tube. Um, I have endometriosis, like, you know, all these things. And so I got approved to see a fertility specialist. See, that's so weird because they, I mean, I'm, I'm upset about the fact that we had to wait a year of trying and had, yeah. we, so we had to wait a year of trying before making an appointment with a fertility doctor. We did have a miscarriage at 11 months. Um, but it was the only, all the fertility clinics we talked to here, it was, you have to have been trying for a year, Yeah. but I'd never heard of the, right. the number of miscarriages. And that's just, 
yeah. outrageous to put people. It's weird that. because we weren't trying for a year consecutively. So we started trying in June of 2016, and that's amazing. August of 2016. Yeah, yeah, and so it's it. Um, since we weren't trying consecutively for a year, so we didn't meet that qualification. It's like we were just going to start trying again, so that clock restarts. Oh, see, I didn't tell them we took a month off. I just said we've been trying since August of 2016. Yeah. We actually were going to get in. Um, right, we had an appointment to go before I got pregnant, and then I had a miscarriage. Yeah. Um. But that just seems absurd to me. That, it is. I mean, it's, it's the same thing they told me when we started trying. If it doesn't happen in a year, then we'll talk about fertility. Like, why? It's, it's insanity to me that like wasting so much precious time. Like, why don't you just start off and get the blood work done? Like, what you, if there's something in your blood work you have a thyroid yes, issue great, that you yeah. literally can just get fixed instantly? What, like, or if you get pregnant, what I didn't know is that if your thyroid isn't between a certain number, mm-hmm. you will miscarry. Yeah. So it's like, even if I'm getting pregnant, which right. we only got pregnant the one time, but when we went to start, um, not even when we did the IUIs and we started IVF, that's the first time a doctor checked my thyroid level mm-hmm. and I have hypothyroidism. So I'm like, is that what caused my miscarriage? And then you were just going to let me right. do this again. And to- yeah, like just constantly banging your head against the wall. Right. And, um, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It really is. And so I'm glad my mother-in-law pushed me to right. like, no, you really need to go get this checked out. Cause of course that's when I found out I had Asherman's, okay. um, which is, is Asherman's is a scarring of your uterus. Um, so from my DNCs, um, so you get them from surgery. You can, I think you can get some scarring through if you have a bacterial infection that you don't treat and stuff, but mine was from my DNCs. So you had a DNC with each miscarriage. Yeah. Obviously so we the, can go into like each kind of, I had a there. One too. yeah. So we, uh, I got off birth control June of 2016. And so my doctor told me like, wait three months, just to let your body like regulate. You haven't had a period in forever, mm-hmm. a real one. So wait three months. is just kind of a safety thing. So that brought us to August and I got pregnant in September. Um, that's one very interesting thing in my journey is that I always got pregnant very quickly. Wow. When we started trying, it was that, um, yeah, like three months. Was. Yeah. <laughs> like it happened fast. So, um, at that time I had just recently got laid off and my husband had a job that, uh, we were moving to Arizona. So my insurance was going away and then we had to, his job was, we were going to be moving around the country location, location. So at that point I wasn't planning on getting a job. His job didn't have health insurance. And so we were going to have to do it through the healthcare, Mm -hmm. um, thing. And so since we're moved to Arizona, you have to get in Arizona and there's this weird time thing. So while I had insurance, I went to my OBGYN, um, to verify the pregnancy and at five and a half weeks, there was an ultrasound with a strong heartbeat. We actually like nicknamed that baby, baby bolt, Mm -hmm. um, because we're like, Oh, he's like such an athlete, like (laughs) such a heart, like, especially at five and a half weeks to have like such a strong heartbeat was not, he's like, we probably won't even see anything, but it was there strong, everything for whatever reason, he did not do blood work. Um, I guess because it was such a strong heartbeat, he just didn't feel like it was necessary. And he's like, when you go to Arizona, your doctor will run blood work there. Well, how the insurance went is I had a, basically by the time it came into, it was effective. I was 13 weeks pregnant. So I hadn't had blood work done at all. So I've had that one ultrasound at five and a half weeks. And right. See, my doctor, when I was pregnant, my OB wouldn't see me until I was eight weeks pregnant. Which is right. You said that a lot of them were 10, which is insanity to me because if you have low progesterone, like there's things that they can do to help support that. As soon as you call and say I'm pregnant, you should be in there getting blood work done. Yeah. Like all the The, things. The OBGYN I went to in California didn't see you till there were 10 weeks. That's insane. Which is crazy to me. So I you're almost through the three months, like the three yeah, months yes. at that point. Well, yeah, like what if you need when you finally were able to go? Yeah, you were, that's your second trimester. Yeah. So we oh hadn't gosh. announced anything yet, and so we had I made postcards that had like the announcement, and my mom kept telling me like just go ahead and send them. I'm like no, I want to go to the doctor and make sure it was fine. And I just had this gut feeling like I need to wait. I didn't know what that meant. And so we go to the, my OBGYN appointment for this pregnancy It's on my husband's birthday. And I have a stack of these, like, it was like 160, like postcards that was mailing out to everyone. Like right. we're pregnant, like all this stuff. <laughs> I was yeah. so excited. And so, um, we had him in the car and so we go in and that 
for some reason, this office did not have an ultrasound, but they have the thing where you can hear the heartbeat. And they're like, well, you're 13 weeks, so we should be able to hear it. So I'm laying there, can't find it. And she's like, well, they're small. So like, it takes a while. She's like trying, trying, and it's a PA, trying, trying, and trying. So the doctor's office, the building was adjacent to a hospital or connected to a hospital. And so she's like, why don't you go get an ultrasound at the hospital? Just let's make sure everything's okay. Cause she's like, I don't want to freak you out, but this isn't looking good. And she's like, you haven't had any bleeding, nothing. And I'm like, no, I feel fine. I'm still nauseous. So I have the worst morning sickness when I'm pregnant. I mean, instantly and like, cannot keep anything down. Um, all day. <laughs> and so, um, I actually lost weight cause I was like throwing up so much. Oh, um, and so, uh, anyways, we go to the tech and I'm in tears. Cause I'm right. like, you know, you think worst case scenario and cause she's like, it's, it, you, you could have, do you know what a miss miscarriage is? Because if you have any, this could be what it is, but let's check it out. So I go over there and thankfully this tech not thankfully because it's terrible what he went through. His wife just had a miscarriage. So I'm laying there and he tells me, he's like, the baby stopped growing at 10 and a half weeks. And so he's like, I'm not supposed to tell you, don't tell your doctor, but the time it is, she might not be there. And I don't want you to be waiting overnight to hear if you're pregnant or not (laughs) and what's going on. And so I was so thankful for him because I mean, the idea of just sitting there. Yeah, that's like, not right either. Till the next day. Till the next day. Because my appointment was late. And what's crazy is so I'm bawling and he's like showing me like the face. I mean, it's this perfectly little intact fetus. Yeah. Just sitting there. And um, and so I go back to the doctor. This this PA, she was a PA. I reported her because she was terrible. <laughs> um, because Number one, she's trying to like, I saw her trying to sneak out of the office versus having this conversation with me because they still had one patient, but I guess I was her last patient. She was trying to leave and it just pissed me off because I'm like, you saw the ultrasound. Yeah. You knew I had a miscarriage or why are you making me wait right to the next morning? That's not right. So we go in there and she told me this. Um, she's like, you know, having a baby is a lot like making pancakes. Sometimes you just have to throw the first one. <gasps> Stop it. I'm no. not kidding. I would have punched her. And I was just so in shock. And I just like looked at her. I didn't say any, like, I didn't, what do you say to that? And I will never forget this <laughs> oh woman. Yes. So I reported her, like I told uh, later, I like reported, I was like, this is not something you should not say. Should never say that to no. somebody. Like I just found out I'm having a miscarriage right. 30 minutes ago. Like you never you say that, that even years later, that's not something that yeah. you should ever say. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm just so like, angry. it's so it's shocking. Like, it's shockingly like, the the audacity like how many times has she said that like like how many people she's repeated yeah oh i'm sorry to tell you but it's just like when you make a pancake yeah i I swear i could do like episodes on doctors or pa's bedside manner like it's just it's yeah um i have a question because you keep saying miss miscarriage and i'm sorry if i'm naive what is that so a miss miscarriage is basically the baby the fetus baby died, but your body still hasn't, hasn't processed it. Got yeah. It. My hormones were still going up. I was like, cause you did all the blood work. You still have the pregnancy yeah. hormone. Okay. Yeah. And mine were, cause I took, I had blood work done two days later and it was still going up because mm-hmm. so when I go through this stuff, like I I'm a planner by nature. And so I automatically go into like planning mode. Okay. What are the next steps? Like, what do we need to do? I was the first, we were the first out of both of our friends group to get married first one to start having kids so I didn't know anyone my age that right. went through it I knew my mother mother-in-law had miscarriages that was you know 28 right. years 25 years prior so it was just kind of I don't know what to do and so they gave me the options of well since the baby's been in there for three weeks we kind of have to move quickly because your body is not releasing it it should be releasing it so mm-hmm. a missed miscarriage is you know obviously when your body still has it a regular miscarriage is you, you have the blood and yeah. all this stuff, right? And you pass it. So they said I was at an, enchant- an increased chance of having an infection. Right. And so my options were to take this medicine that induces your body, like you dilate, you have contractions and you- That's exactly what I took for my topic. Right? Oh, so okay. That's what they um, 
Interesting. I didn't know you could do that for a time. I was at five or six weeks. Okay. And and they, I didn't know, here's me researching, researching what it was. I was like, I think more for me, it was, I had to take like the abortion pill, but it's basically this, it is. what it is. It is. Yeah. Um, but it does. It forces your body. To yeah. Do it. And it's so, tra- it's so traumatic because like, you know what you're doing. Like, yeah. And I said this and, like, and I'm not downplaying anybody, but having it happen, like when you don't know what's happening is one thing, but knowing that you're you're going to sit there and wait for this to happen. That I think was probably more traumatic for me than anything yeah. else. And I was in the passing a 10 and a half week. Right. Intact. Yeah. yeah. Which you, which, well, I didn't really, she's like, you can try and do it, but it will probably still be like, it won't be, we'll have to go in there and do a DNC. Yeah. And so my best friend's dad is an OBGYN. So I call her, I'm like, can I please talk to your dad? Like what, like, I don't want to have surgery because there's increase of all this stuff. And so, um, but also the thought of passing a 10 and a half week baby was just traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And so my doctor was really pushing to have the surgery, but I just, with any surgery, I just want to always make sure, is there another option? Like, I don't want to just like rush in to have this procedure done. Um, so ultimately my friend's dad was just like, you're, you're going to have to have a DNC. So just get it taken care of. Just, just do it. So this was on like basically like this all started having like on a Tuesday and like Thursday, Thursday or Friday, I was, I had right. a surgery. So it was very fast. Um, I think, um, so I did that medic medicine. I can't remember what it's called at night. So basically mm-hmm. yep. when I would have my surgery, it was already starting to work and it just helps like with me being dilated, all this stuff, it just supposedly makes it easy. Um, one thing I didn't know, which I have found out through my miscarriages, my body does not really respond to that medicine. So I'll dilate and have the contractions and be in a lot of pain, but it does not expel everything. Oh. So I didn't know that at the time. So I'm sitting in the waiting room and they didn't tell me anything about it. Like oh, they're like, I... just take this. I didn't really know so much what it was at mm-hmm. that time. Like I knew it was helped with get rid of the pregnancy And so I'm sitting and she had a surgery before me or a couple before me and something happened. And so she was running late. And so I am in excruciating pain, like breathing in this waiting room, just like, what is happening? And for, I I had to wait, I think it was, she was behind like two hours. And so and wait, they didn't explain any, I knew, well, she's like, you're going to start passing it, but I just didn't really know. They didn't go into detail. I didn't know you were going to be dilated. Oh yeah. I passed out. Like when I, I passed out, John found me on the bathroom floor Yeah, because I yelled at him to get out of the bathroom. (laughs) And then he found me a couple hours later because all I wanted was the cold ground. And I just laid there, Yeah, but it's, it's, it's yeah. Your full body, everything. It's so painful. I didn't have to take the, I was nine weeks when, when our baby Mm -hmm. um, stopped growing. I had no heartbeat, but I didn't take anything for it. I, I think just went to the emergency room for Nancy. Yeah. I think each doctor really? is different okay. too. Yeah. I didn't take that. You had probably what was, like you said, you went to the emergency room. They did it. We planned ours. So when they yeah. planned it. No, I didn't go to the emergency room. Oh. I made an appointment and went to the hospital. Oh, oh, oh I okay. thought you just said emergency room. So I may have. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. So that, what's so weird, um, and I'm not sure if like for your miscarriage, if you saw the blood, is that like, I never. I didn't believe. I didn't bleed. And I think even though that would be horrific to see, I think it also helps you process. Cause it was just like, I was pregnant and now I'm not, yeah. well, and I had like, a surgery and it's gone now. And it was just like yes. a weird mind thing. <clears throat> of, are you sure my baby? Cause I kept saying, are you sure? Are yeah. you sure? Are you sure? No, I had, I had everything. I had the blood, everything. Afterwards. Yeah. And then I had to go for the blood work the next day and my hormones went down immediately. Yeah. So it took my hormones almost four months to get back oh, to zero, wow. three or four months. She sounds very similar yeah. to what Michelle, because yeah. remember Michelle had her, yeah. she did the DNC and her pregnancy never went and implanted in a different part of her body. And she got a so molar she pregnancy. Had, oh, she did IVF. Okay. And they did the transfer. The embryo made its way up into her fallopian tubes yeah it it basically became an atopic pregnancy yeah and then when they yeah i didn't even know it was a thing and then when they removed it they some of the cells they didn't get all of it and some of the cells moved she had to do like chemo treatment yeah like i've never heard of that before so weird so one thing with my dnc is i had the option insurance didn't cover it it was gonna be like eight hundred thousand dollars just to test to see what happens and that's one thing I really wish I did because so we weren't given that option. I'm telling you, every doctor and place is different. My doctor was like, have known that. yeah, my doctor was just said, you know, 
these things happen. You'll probably have a, if you have another one, then yeah, I'll test it. But like, don't, she recommended not like spending that money on it. Excuse me. Um, so anyway, so it took, uh, so that was miscarriage number one, um, our baby bolt, which I actually have a lightning bolt tattoo on my ankle <laughs> to current, that was through my grieving process. I was like, I want like this tattoo and, and stuff. And so it was really hard because me and Joey were, my husband were traveling around. We were in Phoenix at the time and we're isolated and right. I wasn't working. And so it was just a very dark mm-hmm. time for me. Um, and a lot had happened that previous year and it was just like, are you kidding? Like, what is, you know, all this stuff. And then of course I try to do like miscarriage groups, but I always felt like it was like a pissing competition kind of thing of like, who has the worst, like, oh, right. we talked and, about. Yeah. yeah. And I just, and some women on there were like needed to go to therapy, like, and so right. versus like posting on Facebook because mm-hmm. yeah. this, they were just in these dark holes and stuff. And I had support of my family and my friends knew I was, I told people I didn't, um, go through it alone, which I have some friends who've gone through miscarriages and haven't said anything. They've told me because they know I've been through them and they're like, I'm that person, but they're like, please don't tell anyone. And I had to talk about it. I love like not loved, but it really helped me get through it. It It really does. See, and I was the person that pretty much kept up until recently. My family is just finding out about my atomic friends. Like I didn't, my sister knew Yeah, my close friends knew, but like my mom, my dad, like I didn't, I told my mom when I was coming to after my hysterectomy, like I just like spit it out, but I was very much like, I didn't share doing, I joined those groups and I felt the same thing. I'm like, I would post just as like, Hey, has anybody had back or hip pain? Can you tell me what you did? But then it was very much. Some of them I had to leave because it was, it was too much. And it was triggering. Some of them are triggering exactly. for me of stuff. And they'll know? do trigger warning. Like before, I don't know if you do any of the groups, but they'll say yeah. trigger warning. And sometimes I'm like, well, now that you said it, like, yeah. now I want to know what you're saying. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little nosy. <laughs> I'm too nosy to just yeah. let that one slide by. <laughs> so I did like, I did therapy. That was the first time I went to therapy and it was really helpful to like talk it out. Cause I was so concerned. I was going to go off this like ledge. I don't know why I thought I was going to have like this whole mental breakdown. Never happened but it was definitely a darker time um, I went off the ledge <laughs> you did <laughs> I started drinking heavily so well yeah I, I did coping stuff but I thought like I don't know what I thought was gonna happen because I see these I was looking newly going through this miscarriage at these forums and stuff and some of these women were just in such dark places and I was so scared I didn't want to get to that I wanted to be and that probably pushed you to go to therapy to yeah get help because you were seeing these other women in a position that you didn't want to be in. yeah you know right. that's yes. a lot so we decided in April to of 2017 to start trying again. I felt like I was ready. And then I got pregnant. Like the, I was in June, like early June, I was pregnant. Um, which, so my first baby's due date was June 27th. And um, which I'll go into why that's kind of interesting on how things happen at dates and stuff. So I, um, was driving with my dad from Tulsa out to California to meet my husband in California. And I wasn't late yet on my period, but I knew I was pregnant when I was at the Grand Canyon. I just had this moment. I was like, I'm pregnant. I know. And so when we got to California the next day, I took a pregnancy test. Like I was like a day late, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, oh, I know I'm pregnant. And so I found a OBGYN and I was like, Hey, I've had this miscarriage. So they allowed me to come in at like six weeks um, early to just test everything out the night before, uh, we go to this appointment or I go to this appointment, we're watching wonder woman in theaters <laughs> and I am in such excruciating pain. Like I thought I was going to pass out. I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was a stomach issue, something I ate. Um, and we had, I was, I was even thinking about leaving. I was in so much pain. And so my husband's like, do you want to go to the hospital? I'm like, well, I have this appointment tomorrow. I'm sure it's just this, but I had started Googling and a topic pregnancy came up and of this pain. And cause I was probably like five, six weeks, or I was six weeks at this time. And so, but the risk factors I didn't have, it's like, if you've ever had an STD or an infection, or I think like smoking's, I don't know. There's yeah. like things that like, things. if you're these, yeah. like you're at a higher chance, but if you don't have them, like it's like, it's, they're kind of rare. They're very rare. It's like one in. God, no, I don't remember to say one in five or something rare, or I'm sorry. So like one in, it's something yeah. one in five, like one in 50 or one in yeah. 500 or something. Yeah. So something like that. And then they also say, if you had one 
if you've had one once before, your chances of having another one are higher. Yeah. And when you, it's funny, you said like the, the things I was trying to read, like what could have caused it. And I found out later that my whole fallopian tube was just filled with scar tissue. So yeah. I couldn't just get, flat. I didn't even think about endometriosis, which is crazy, which is right. probably yeah. what was. So I go to the doctor next day. I'm like, I'm in excruciating pain. They have an ultrasound and they do blood work and ultrasound. They can't find anything. And she's like, well, maybe your dates are off. And I was like, I know my dates are not off, but she made me start doubting it. But I was like, no, because Joey was living in California. Like there was only one weekend he was in town (laughs) and I did not cheat on my spouse. So like, this is, has to be the date. And so they're like, well, it's still really early. It could just be a slow traveler kind of, it's like what they said, but we have, she's like this ultrasound ultrasound machine is, um, really old because their one was broken, the good one. And so she's like, come back, uh, go to this different office. They have a really advanced like ultrasound machine and let's see. So, and in two days and we'll test your blood again and kind of see what happened. So do this ultrasound and the tech there too is like, I felt like everyone was trying to convince me that I had my dates wrong. Almost to the fact that I was questioning myself. Right. I mean, there's no way like right. there's no. And so that was one thing that I learned of just like trusting your gut yeah. of like, no, you know, when you <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it does to me too, because yeah. when we went in for our eight week appointment, they were like, no, you're, you're the baby's measuring at six weeks. You're not eight weeks. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. I know. And yeah. But then they make you doubt yourself. Yes. It, it's crazy. It's you feel like so much of this crazy. journey. I feel like a crazy person yes. because I just like doctors are just telling you certain you're just like, no, like I know my date. <laughs> so when my blood work came back, the doctor called and she's like, okay, so we have some, like, it's probably a topic, but they couldn't find it. That's yeah. That was in there. Couldn't find it. They couldn't find mine. And so she's like, your numbers didn't like increase as much as they should have, but they did go up, but you're at this border of, we can, I think it's methotrexate is the medication. Yeah. And which is like a radiation like thing. Um, so she's like, you're at the border of that, but you're probably going to have to have surgery. And I was like, well, I don't want you to just go in and like take a fallopian tube out for no reason. Like right. if I can take this medicine, let's try that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and she's like, just think about it. Cause that was the hard decision is that my numbers were going up and maybe it was still they're like, oh, I could just be a slow, like maybe it's, it's coming kind of thing. But my, you- I just felt like she wasn't, like, uh, sure. sure. And, but she also, this is your job. Like, what do you think I should do? Why right. should, I don't want to make a decision right. to terminate this pregnancy, which is basically, I felt like I did. I made a decision to terminate my pregnancy without knowing where it was. Cause exactly. we didn't, I didn't have all the facts. And that's the mind fuck. Yes. That's the hardest thing that I think I dealt with. And it, it wasn't until like recently that I come to terms with the fact that you, I didn't really know. Here's this person telling me, Hey, we can't find it. Yeah. There's a chance, but you're also at risk. If it stays there, like all these things could happen to you. Right. So I had to, within a couple of days, make the decision. All right, we're, we're going to do this. Yeah. Oh so gosh. I made the decision to do the mexotrexate shot, which you have to be admitted into the hospital. And at least they did because you're radioactive and like all of your, any, any body fluids have to go through this process. Like you're radioactive and then it um, suppresses your immune system. Like I couldn't go in public for like two weeks after. Wow. Um, and it has a whole list of side effects, which I had all of them. It made my hair fall out. Like it was not a fun experience. So, um, so I did that like on like a Tuesday, I think. And then two days later, I just get this excruciating pain. I drop on my knees. My husband's at work and I like, I think I passed out. I can't really remember. And I call him, I'm like, something's wrong. And so he worked like 30 minutes away and he's like, let me finish up stuff. I'll get there. Um, and, uh, so he gets there and the pain went away. Like, and so I wasn't in pain anymore. Like I had this intense, short kind of period of pain. And then it went away. And then, um, when we're driving the hospital, I had like a little tinge of pain. I'm like, maybe I'm just overreacting. Maybe it's that medication. Mm-hmm. Cause I did have such a, like from the get-go, such so a bad what reaction. Did the med- what did the medication do? So the medication stops, uh, the fetus from getting full weight, but it was it's- still, 
there. But yeah, so it's, and it basically, then you'll pass it okay. like, kind of thing. Cause uh, it just prohibits the pregnancy from continuing. Got it. Okay. Um, and, and they don't want it to grow. And they don't want right. it to grow. Right. No, I knew that. I just wasn't sure if, okay. So they didn't, they didn't surgically remove anything. No. Yet. Okay. Yet. So we're circling the emergency room parking lot and I am second. I'm like, I think I'm overreacting. Like, I don't want to pay the $500 mm-hmm. to go get seen. And you just like, this is it. Like I'll make an appointment and the universe, God, whatever you believe in, <laughs> obviously it was like, girl, get your ass into the <laughs> hospital. Cause after I said, like, I think I'm overreacting. I think let's just go home. Immediately. I had crazy intense pain where I like cried out and I was like in tears. Mm-hmm. So I, check-in I had been at the hospital previously for the metho check state so luckily like they pulled up everything right then and I was like I had an atopic pregnancy I did this you know I'm in so much pain I have never moved through emergency room so quickly (laughs) (laughs) um I was within like 10 minutes of being there I was in an ultrasound and I was bleeding internally oh shit so I had tons of blood in my pelvis and they still couldn't find the pregnancy either and they couldn't figure out where I was bleeding from either they're like we assume this is related but we don't know did you get into the car accident like you know asking all right. these things <clears throat> I was in the surgery room like in the OR 20 minutes later having and and so I am bawling crying because it's scary and they're like you're going into surgery and I'm like I ate like two hours ago and they're like it does not matter like what'd you eat like all this stuff which of course it wasn't something very healthy and I like have to keep reiterating like I had pizza for breakfast or whatever you know and so um, don't judge me yeah but I had like some ear piercings and I was I had like three nurses helping me just like get undressed and like I had I was crying I just could not like, like focus to get stuff. I was shaking. I was so scared. Was terrifying. Yeah. It was terrifying. I was so terrified. So they will me into the OR room and I've never had this before, but the, everyone who was going to be in the surgery. So I had two OBGYN surgeons and then, you know, everything else, mm-hmm. they are in a circle around my bed. I'm in the surgery. Like you got the big beam mm-hmm. light and they're going over what the plan of action is. They didn't know where I was bleeding from. They didn't know what they were going to find. They didn't know, like, I had to sign all this stuff saying I was okay if they had to take out organ. Like, oh they God. didn't know. And they're discussing this all. And I'm Before like, you're passed out. knock me out. <laughs> yeah. Give me the drugs. I'm crying. Please. And my doctor held my hand and was, she was just like rubbing my hand because it was so terrifying and scary. And um, so then come to find out my fallopian tube had burst. So I was a little too far advanced for that medicine. Medicine didn't work. And I had that fallopian tube removed. Um, I was just going to say that you were so late because when they told me about the pill, they said I was in the perfect range for it because it was still early on. And that's the second thing they explained to me. If this doesn't work, then you're going to have to go down this route, which would be having a DNC or having a surgery to get everything out. So the medicine didn't work. So the, essentially it was still growing and it ruptured Mm -hmm. your fallopian tube. Yeah. Now, and you said this, what was, what's question, like what I'm questioning about it is obviously you were still having your blood work done and your hormones. They knew that. So my doctor was very, they tested me twice after mine to make sure that my hormones were completely gone. Oh yeah. So they were testing it like before, like Got going okay. up. So, but they didn't test you after they, um, they did. Yeah. Okay. Um, just to make sure when it, cause you have to test after, make sure you're zero. Kind exactly. of thing. So, so what's so crazy is that a top of pregnancy surgery happened on my first baby's due date of June 27th, oh. which is like crazy. Right. Yes. So I was already like mourning that day yeah. and like was really sad. And then I ended up having like Another, emergency yeah. surgery. And so, um, which was just crazy. I've never seen, like, I've never experienced like emergency room that quickly. Of, right. like, how fast they can, they move fast right. when you need to. So um, with that surgery though, I, and I was, I'm really thankful. I have a really supportive family. So people had to fly out to stay with me because we had a dog and I, you can't like do anything because right. it's abdominal surgery. And so you're healing and stuff. Um, so on that lesson or, or going through that one thing, once I was recovered and stuff, uh, I, um, once my levels were to zero, I was telling her like, could you please check like my folate levels, stuff like this? Cause she's like, okay, you're clear to try again whenever you're ready. Yeah, but what's happening? Is- but I'm like, what? Something and she's like, happens. it's just bad luck. 
It's just bad luck. These two miscarriages are not related. It's just bad luck. But, and that was it kind of thing. And so again, I really pushed her because, so I have, I used to have restless leg syndrome. I finally went, I used to be on all this medication for it. And then I finally went to a neurologist PA who was like, number one, you're on way too much medication for your size. How are you even like conscious? And number two, your folate levels are low. And there's new studies coming out that if you get your folates to a certain level, your restless legs goes away, which was the case for me. So I used to like have to make sure to take folate supplements, stuff like that. So I was like, can you just check this? Cause my restless leg was back. And I'm worried that this number is dipping, which is you need viable for a pregnancy. She refused straight up it, refused. You know, and I'm like, why? With doctors, when you're like, can you check this or can you do this? It doesn't cost the doctor any money yeah, to right. do it. It's, and it makes I'm me one, feel better. Yes. It's like, I'm the one paying for this. Yeah. What do you care? Yeah. yeah. If you do this. Yeah. It's like the, the, the one doctor that I complain about here in Austin. Like, I'm like, can you please just go in and check my bowels? It blows And she mind. wouldn't do it. Because all yeah. my endo was on my bowels. She wouldn't do it. Finally, after like, I didn't go to the bathroom for like nine days. I'm like, something is wrong with me. She did it. She goes in and she doesn't even check them. She checks around it. I'm like, you didn't even do what you were supposed to do. Like, that's not what I asked you. Yeah. What does it? Yeah. You're not. It doesn't cost you anything. To and order it's this making me order. feel better. Like, why oh, not? And it's, it's something that's important for a pregnancy. And, but she's like, these are not connected. Do you, so, think, do you think it's like just like while we all go to different school systems right like we all go to different school systems we learn things a little bit differently do you think that's what it is with doctors like they all just learn medicine differently or, I don't know I don't or know, their own beliefs the thing like I mean I didn't have folate issues but like nobody checked my thyroid until I was doing IVF wow no. so it's like if you knew that this I, I, I just, I guess I just feel like if you're trying to get pregnant or you're having health issues, like, why are you not Checking listening, everything. but why are you not listening to the person, like your patient mm-hmm. telling you like, Hey, me. I know that I have folate issues. Mm-hmm. I'm trying yeah. to get pregnant. And the thyroid's weird too, because I had my thyroid tested all the time throughout my endometriosis and everything. And it wasn't until this doctor, she tested my antibodies. And apparently I now have Hashimoto's, but I was never tested for antibodies my whole life. You have a great thyroid. You have a great thyroid. Yeah. And I go to her and she's like, oh, I'm going to, let me check this. You don't sound right. And then it's the first, I went back to my, but you're work. going to a functional doctor. You're not going, I'm going to, to a functional doctor. Not yep. take, and not so medicine, like, that's what yeah. I did next. And so I, Number one, that was two significant losses back to back, like within right. like seven months of each other. Major. Kind of and so I was not in a place no. <laughs> to try again. And I also felt something's wrong. Like I know something's wrong. Right. This is not, I don't care if the topics are bad luck, but something's wrong. Something's wrong. So I can't, I went to an OBGYN in Houston and she has more functional stuff, but I also started working with a naturopathic doctor. Um, and so the, New OBGYN in Houston was shocked that my doctor didn't check to make sure my other fallopian tube wasn't blocked. She's like, that's pretty standard. So you have to have that. I did the test where they, it's like a mm-hmm. ultrasound and they do the dye. They do the dye. They did, it on both, they did it on both of mine. Yeah. So I only had one. Yeah. And so she's like, immediately before anything, you need to get that checked because you're at a higher risk of having another topic pregnancy. We need to make sure. Right. Is it blocked? Because if, if you have any scar tissue in it, like it, you're done, you, you're done. Like you have to go straight to IVF. Pa- do not pass go. Whatever. Yeah, do not collect your hundred yeah. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh so luckily mine wasn't blocked and it looked really good. Um, but they ran a bunch of blood work. Then everything was coming back fine. And she's like, you know, that was the first time she, someone mentioned endometriosis. It could be a contributing factor to mm-hmm what happened in that Philippine so, so you, so you, but when you were going to these doctors, did you tell them that you had endometriosis or did you just, yeah, that's so weird because I, they didn't suggest endometriosis to me until after my atopic pregnancy. Interesting. So, but I was going to the doctor and t- like, I was going 90 days without a period and they never once mentioned the word. Like that's I didn't so even weird. know what it was. Yeah. When the doctor, a friend of mine had it and I was like, oh, what yeah, are you talking right. about? Yeah. But like, how would you not? And that's one of the main symptoms is, you know, not having a natural cycle, like not like going 90 days is not okay. Yeah. I guess too, because like, I was very regular and like ovulated on the same day. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was clockwork. So, 
Uh, yeah, but, and so anyway, so I started working with a naturopathic doctor. Um, a lot of that too was just like getting my celiac in check, which I think celiac is um, part of kind of my journey. It is an autoimmune thing. They don't really know a lot about it. So I started making a lot of dietary changes. One of the things is, is that if I even had like cross-contamination of gluten, I would get really sick. Um, like one time it was years prior, I accidentally ate, um, like a, a flour tortilla. It was like a hybrid corn flour. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell me that. And I like had to take off work for like three weeks. Cause I like, it's just such a reaction. Your stomach goes out. Like my skin hurts. Like it's just nothing could like, I couldn't have anything on me, but anyway, so let's see, that's 2017. So I worked with her and then we decided to start trying again. And it was taking a long time. I thought it was taking a long time because I got pregnant pretty instantly the other two times. But so we just started to try again in 2019. Uh, no, 2018. Sorry. So a year later. And uh, it took about six months for me to get pregnant. I got pregnant. I was super excited, but also so stressed out. Okay. Oh I, I, I wouldn't even, yeah, I wouldn't even be able to be, you would have to, imagine. you would have to put me in bed every day. I don't want to do anything. I'm not moving. I was so anxious and just, I had this pain and I made Joey rush me to the hospital because I thought it was another topic pregnancy. And I was like, so early that they're like, Oh, we can't even like, I just found out I was pregnant. I was like, I'm swear this is a topic. Pregnant. Like right. I, my anxiety was through the roof. And so, um, I went to a, uh, one of my, my mother-in-law works in the medical field. And so she was, she knew someone who knew someone. I got into the specialist OBGYN, um, which I'm not really sure why she, she was like really adamant. I went and saw, and I was like, whatever, it's the same cost for me. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. If it makes you feel better, like, you know, cause I just, I was so anxious too. So I think I just kind of like fed into that fear a bit, but, um, I went and the heartbeat was low. And so I was, I think I was eight weeks at this point. And so he's like, it's really could go either way. This is right before Christmas. Um, but just, come back in a couple weeks and let's see, but well, made you wait a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, you're, it's either going to, there's nothing really, your blood works fine, but yeah. your heartbeat is slow. Um, it's not slow enough that we're going to say this will end in a miscarriage, but it is definitely on the low side. Uh, like it was out of the range of normal, but it wasn't too far out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up going back to, I was, 10 and a half weeks and had an ultrasound and the, I had another miss miscarriage, but the, it was just an empty sack. Like the baby had like the fetus had disappeared. So it was just an empty sack, which was, so I don't know what happened there, um, but it just kind of went away. And so they're like, Oh, your body's already handling it. So let's just wait a few weeks because it was measuring at the right size. So it wasn't like the first one where, um, it, you know, was sitting there for three weeks, nothing happened. And my blood work was still going up. And I think that at that point, my blood work was starting to teeter. So they're like, oh, your body is going to handle it. So I wait three weeks, nothing's happening, which is the most excruciating. Like you're just, every time you pee, you're just like waiting to see blood. Like every time you wipe, you're just, and it's so, and I was already feeling that way of like during the whole pregnancy of just anxiety of like, am I going to miscarry this, all this stuff. So I go back to the doctor and they give me that medication to induce that I have the first one to induce the contractions and labor, all that stuff and to release it. So I, they're like, take it at like eight o'clock or I take it when you go to bed. So in the morning, it should start working. Started working at like two 30 in the morning. And I, again, wasn't a hundred percent prepared. I was Googling as I'm on my bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. Like what is happening to me? And I was in so much pain. And my friends were always like, why didn't you wake up Joey? I was like, what is he going to do? Like, right. I have to like go through this. <laughs> and also they're like, just take Tylenol. It's, it's going to be painful, but it, just take some Tylenol. It's bullshit. Nope. So fucking <laughs> painful. So I start, so painful. yeah. And I'm like, what's well, labor essentially. Yeah, yeah. You're going through labor. I watched a YouTube video because I wanted to know what was going to happen to me. And I don't know if that helped me or not, but like yeah. at mine's two 30 in the morning. Mine ha- started happening. Yeah. John King checked me. That's when I was, I, I know I've already said it was like, yeah so and I slept on our bathroom floor but I got into like on my hands and knees and just were like breathing exercises Mm -hmm. like I was looking up on YouTube like how like women in labor 
like this position, like mm-hmm. when you're kind of like in like a child's pose almost, mm-hmm. um, breathing through it and just like, cause it was like up and down, up right. and down. And it, it, yeah, it was definitely weird. Cause I didn't know at that time that you dilate like, and so mm-hmm. that was a weird <laughs> feeling of like, what is happening, right. you know, and then just in so much pain. So I thought, and there was a lot of stuff that came out. And so I was like, okay, I'm good. Right. That's the other thing too, is that my, my doctor took, not that this is TMI, but they told me you might go to the bathroom at the same time. So like I, that was me, like I was, I was like, and I didn't know what was that. I was like, is it which, like, which end? Am I okay? Like what part? What part is that? That's, that's, yeah. My, my doctor was very nice. Like she really did explain everything to me. So like I expected all of yeah. this to happen. The only, and then I watched the YouTube video too, yeah. because I wanted to know like what. Yeah. So it was like two hours of this. And so you I, did pass up. I did pass up. Yeah. And so I go back to the doctor to have an ultrasound to just make sure everything and the sack is still there. Stop. I didn't pass. I don't know what I passed. <laughs> I passed a lot of stuff, but like, obviously I didn't pass the one important thing to get out. And so then they're like, we're going to have to do another DNC. This doctor office did not do surgical DNCs. They do them in office. And I was like, fuck that. What is that? They put you to like under uh, anesthesia, like you're still kind of alert. Yeah, you get like localized anesthesia. Like Uh -uh. you're fully conscious. You're fully conscious. You you get an anxiety pill, like they give you a volume. And I was like, nope, I'm finding another doctor. Mm -hmm. But since I was in the middle of a miscarriage, I couldn't find anyone to take me. They're like, you have to finish your care with this doctor. And I'm like, I refuse to do this in the office. I'm not going through that. And she wouldn't, they, they wouldn't, she wouldn't do it for whatever reason. So then I had to lie to get in to see a doctor and say I'm pregnant and um, I need a checkup and stuff, knowing I had a miscarriage. So I go in to get an ultrasound, knowing they're going to see an empty sack, like all this. And it was so weird because that's the only way I could get into a doctor's office is to, because people wouldn't take me even previous OBGYNs I went to, they're like, we we're not switching you through your miscarriage care. And I'm like, I don't want, I need a DNC. See, that also is, although maybe if something had gone wrong, they don't want to be blamed for the right. outcome. Well, I mean, I'm not going through that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll lie. Sorry. Um, so then it was basically like from when I found out I was having a miscarriage, it took like six weeks to get a DNC because uh, I had it on Valentine's Day. Um, so uh, and so I had another one um, to go through that. And, and so that's when this doctor was like, hey, if you have another miscarriage, don't take that medicine. It doesn't work on you. Like you go through all this, there's no point of you going through all right. the pain and the, you're not, passing, well, I mean, you're you not did what, three times, twice. twice. Yeah. Right. Well, the yeah. topic didn't work either. Right. Yeah. But that, I mean, it's different. That was different. Yeah. It's, a different window, but yeah, it just doesn't work on me. Your body isn't expelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope. It's like, we're holding on to this. <laughs> we want to be pregnant so bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was 2019. And so whenever my hormone levels went back to normal, my doctor's like, okay, you, you know, and I said this earlier, you're free to start trying again. And that's been, uh, we decided in August of 2019 to go to a fertility doctor. 